watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. I'm Brittany and I didn't. And today we are talking about Buffy Season 2, Episode 7, Lie to Me. Buffy is lured into a trap by a group of undead wannabes who hope that Spike will make them vampires in exchange for giving him the Slayer. What'd you think? What'd you give it? Um, I said a 7.7. Okay, 7.7. <laughs> I didn't, it's not as good as the Halloween episode, but it wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it. See, here's the thing. I'm going to give this one like a 9.5 and go far, even farther and say this might be my favorite episode so far. Really? I think it might be. I, I really, really enjoyed the Ford storyline. Gotcha. I really enjoyed it. Plus, it was Angel and Drusilla and mm-hmm. Spike. And um, anytime that we had Buffy, she was either fighting and fighting uh, well, doing good fight choreography, or she was actually acting and acting mostly well. And it wasn't just her being whiny. Yeah. So I don't know if it was just me going, oh, this is new. I like this. Mm-hmm. But I really, really enjoy this episode. Gotcha. I like the Halloween episode better, but I don't hate this episode. I think I would like the Halloween episode even more on a rewatch after I've got, you know, 150 episodes of this is how these characters act. And oh, look. Yeah. Now there's something else. I think I would like it more on a rewatch. Makes sense. IMDB gives this one an 8.4, mm-hmm. which is good. So uh, we've now gone two full episodes without Cordelia being kidnapped. But we're still three for three, or three, I've got three out of six. Three out of seven at this point. Oh, I thought you said six. Well, this was episode seven. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. I meant you said she was going to get kidnapped six times. Yes, she's going to get kidnapped six times. We're already at three. Yep. Um, but there haven't been any in a couple episodes now. No, she uh, was... Also, uh, very wrong on a, a minute 47 second screen time for Oz... He was not in this episode. Right. At all. Did you do your angel sighting? I don't remember you stopping it. It was like the very beginning. It was the very beginning. <laughs> okay. I just have it down. So, uh, angel sighting. Hey, this whole episode is about angel. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. I mean, we get large plot bombs. Yep. Um, so, uh, we get an angel sighting very early on. It's like a minute yeah. In uh, the very first scene before the opening uh, montage, uh, he shows up, he saves a kid, and speaks with Drusilla, and uh, my God, it was riveting. Yeah. It was riveting. It was so good. Like, I think that's why I forgot to pause it and take note mm-hmm. of the timestamp for, oh, Angel showed up, because it was so good. Yeah. Anytime Angel is with the core four, I guess. So, like, Drew, Spike, Darla, and Angel. It's so good. It's very good. 
Yeah. They it's just they good. all worked worked together really well. Spike and Angel specifically work together so well and it just gets better. I'm very excited. Like this is all I care about. There's so much Angel and Spike plot in the final season of Angel, but it's so good. So I've got a while before that. Yeah. For those of you listening, um, you maybe you're watching along with us, maybe you're not. This is one of the episodes you sit down and watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There have been plenty of other episodes where it's like, okay, here's the good parts of this episode. Maybe you want to watch this one scene on YouTube or whatever. Or here's this episode. Don't watch it. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two episodes ago was the frat one. Yeah. That was just two episodes the ago. The reptile. The reptile house with the frat boys and the sexual, uh, not assault, but just all the bad yeah. everything. And that was two episodes ago. Yep. But Joss Whedon wrote and directed this episode. Yes, he did. So. Yeah. When it's uh, the big angel stuff, he cares and he shows up for work. Yeah. You know. Oh, boy. To be a fly on the wall of that writer's room, huh? <laughs> How much of that writer's room was all the writers sitting and going, okay, here are the ideas we have. And Joss Whedon just going, yeah, no. <laughs> what if there's a frat house, but there's a well in the basement? And all of these frat boys worship this snake demon that looks kind of like a succubus, but isn't a succubus, but also might just be a giant lizard man with a giant tail that lives underneath the frat house. And what if we kidnap and have incredibly inappropriate relationships between all of these characters? What if we do that and then immediately turn around and spend the next two episodes talking about how old Angel is? Yeah. Yeah, and no. the rest of the room just stares and I'm like, what the heck, man? We gotta keep this show PG. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how this show would go if it was on HBO? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I would love that. If this does get remade, because I know there's been like internet murmurs, obviously it's a new cast. Yes, because Sarah Michelle Gellar specifically said she would not do it. Right. Well, we also don't want her to because Buffy is 16. Right. But, like, specifically, she said she would not do She would not do the show. She well, would not do a reunion or anything like that. There you that. have it. You still do Angel, though. Charisma Carpenter was pissed about that and was like, nope, some of us want to. <laughs> you can have Angel, then. You, <laughs> Buffy's uh, got her own show. You can have an Angel reunion. So what did you remember from um, this one? How much did you remember? A decent amount. Most of it, but there's some stuff that I forgot. Um, I remembered that Angel and Drusilla scene. I remember it happened. I didn't remember that happened in the park because that first shot was that merry-go-round thingy. Yeah, the merry-go-round slowly moving and creaking. and Yeah, that's like mm-hmm. important in other episodes. Okay. So it's I, also horror film. Yeah. So I forgot that it was in this episode. It's a good opening. Yes. A lot of these Buffy openings have not been great. Mm-hmm. This one was good. Yep. Um, I remembered the passing of notes <laughs> in the scene, plus that interaction between Cordelia and Xander in class. 
Oh, God, the Marie Antoinette. Just let them yeah. eat cake. Oh, man. So that was the only scene Cordelia was in. Yes. Because she had to be. Um, even though we could have given the screen time to Oz. He's coming. Apparently man. not. He gets his own episode this this season good. at some point. That's good. But Cordelia, the original mean girl. Can we please put her with Regina George and just see what happens? Yeah. It's, it's bad. Like, she is in one scene... And in the course of this scene, they effectively write her in to sound like the worst person on the planet. And then also in the same monologue, make her go from seemingly very intelligent to just a giant idiot. Yes, because Xander corrects her. Yes. Which is how you know there's a problem. Right. And then she keeps going. She Mm -hmm. keeps digging. Yeah. I appreciate whenever there's a writing notes scene... Uh, and passing notes in a schoolroom scene. I appreciate it for the nostalgia and the this is what high school is uh, because I did not have that. I don't think I ever passed notes in high school classes. <laughs> I remember very vividly having a conversation with one of our theater friends. I think it was Liz. Maybe it was Liz. Or it was either Liz or Bridget. We were talking about something and it came up. We were talking about like high school and what high school was like for us. And I was talking about how... Um, I didn't actually physically go to a brick-and-mortar physical location. Uh, So we're talking about things like, what have you never done? This, 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 this. Never passed a note? So the next day in theater history, they both made points of giving me notes that just said, here, you've had a note now. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It was really funny. Yeah, I don't think I ever passed a note in in high school. Yeah, but this was 1997, so note passing was, was a thing. I was not in high school then. Um, I also remember Ford, like everything about Ford. Ford's I remembered. Great. I thought he was just going to be another one-off that I didn't care about, but I care about Ford. Billy yeah. Fordham. Well, cared he's dead because yeah. that is how this goes. Yep. I remember Ford seeing her fight a vampire and telling her that he already knows that she is the Slayer. Which... I think, okay, I have very few quibbles with this episode, I believe. And that was one of them. Yeah. Because she didn't question it. Mm-hmm. B- Buffy didn't question it. Or at least on screen, on she screen, didn't yeah. question it. But because it's a TV show, that's the only thing that matters. If it happens off screen, you at least have to reference it for it to yeah. matter. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Um, but she just went with it. She was surprised at first, and then he was like, yeah, I know. And she was like, oh, okay, cool, great. I don't have to lie to you about yeah. cats fighting in an alley yeah i think it's because she saw angel with drew and was super jealous and now this boy that she knew from back home that she's very attracted to comes to the school and she doesn't have to lie to him yeah that's a really big appeal for her for angels that she does not have to lie to him about who she is she gets to be buffy Mm -hmm. around him whoever that is yeah but she gets to be Buffy. And so this boy that she's attracted to comes and says, yeah, I know you're a vampire. She's not going to question it because now she can just be Buffy. Well, he doesn't know she's a vampire. Well, sorry. <laughs> she knows he's a vampire slayer. Whatever. It's a little different. I, gotcha. I think it's actually the point of the whole, whole show. You know. Is that she's, she's not a vampire. Yeah. She's a slayer. Yes. I remember the wannabe vampires. The blonde mm-hmm. vampire, well, not the blonde, but bleh. 
The blonde girl? Yeah, the blonde girl. Kind of vampire? Yes, she is in another episode. Okay. She comes back. As a vampire? No. She's in the... She, she, she got bit, but she didn't get turned. Oh, okay. They didn't... They have not shown... Anyone turned? Yeah, they have not shown how you turn someone yet. No. Yeah, she's in another episode. She's in the premiere of the third season. Okay. That... I remember that Angel and Willow scene. Oh, where gosh. Where comes into oh, her bedroom. Oh, gosh. All right, we're going to stop. We're going to pause <laughs> on this scene. Oh, boy, we're going to pause on this one. Okay. For starters... Willow has a bedroom, apparently on the first floor, that has a set of double doors that look like closet doors, but are actually doors to the outside. Yes. No screen, no nothing. Just a pair of like closet doors that lead outside in her room. Welcome to California. But she yells down the stairs to her mom. She yells out of her bedroom door to her mom. Yeah. I don't know why I thought she was yelling downstairs. Because usually when you yell, you yell downstairs. Yeah, but I don't know. But so Angel shows up at her bedroom door. Yep. She is kind of freaked out, but also not really freaked out. Yep. And then they do then establish uh, vampires having to ask permission to walk in. They do it very blatantly and obviously, and it's hilarious. Yeah, you have to give a vampire permission to come into your home, which I really appreciated that she just stared at him like, are you going to come in? Like, I have opened the door. <laughs> Why are you standing out there? Yeah, it was it was great. But yes, you have to invite a vampire into your home in order that for them to come in. And once you have invited them into your home, they are now allowed to be in your house and come in whenever. Unless you disbar them. Unless you, you tell them. Yes, unless you do some kind of spell or... I don't I don't know if you're just allowed to be like... Or if it's considered okay for you just be like, nope, you can't come into my house anymore. I think it's there's some kind of spell you have to do for them to not be allowed well that would you know make for more plot so yeah my side character shout out uh i have two one is longer, one is shorter. Uh, my shorter one is um, shout out to Diego for looking like Benji from Pitch Perfect. <laughs> right down Kinda. to the hair. He looked like Ben Platt. It was not Ben Platt because this was 1997. Ben Platt was like four. Yeah. But he looked like him. And yeah. he even had the same weird magic get up and the same... Uh, motifs and identity and I was very confused for a second and then I was just along for the ride. See, he reminded me of the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You. The one that was friends with Jonathan or, oh my gosh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. I don't remember what his name is. I don't either. I think I've seen that movie once. Gotcha. But the he reminded me of the um, the one character in 10 Things I Hate About You, who was friends with Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. He also played the, an elf in the Santa Claus. Oh, the older elf? Yeah. Yeah, with the hat? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't remember that character's name either. Okay, yeah. yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's who he reminded me of. Um, but for real, though, um, let's talk about Billy Fordham. Because that was an incredibly nuanced performance. Um, Jason Bear, I think is his name. Yeah, Jason Bear. And I looked it up. He goes on. He comes back and he makes a movie later with Sarah Michelle Gellar. They're in a movie together? They're in a movie together. Let me look it up. I saw it. Something. I felt like they were in the ringer together. I know Jason Bear was like super heartthrob-esque in the 90s. The Grudge. Oh, yes. I saw The Grudge. That movie is terrifying. In 2004, Jason Bear and Sarah Michelle Gellar make The Grudge, which has a 5.9 rating on IMDb, um, but did win uh, a Fangoria Chainsaw Award for Best Score. I mean... That is your deep dive into IMDb for the day. Yes. Um, The Grudge is based off of a Japanese horror film, just like The Ring is. Gotcha. So, like, The Ring came out, and then I think, like, a year or two later, The Grudge came out. But Billy Fordham was really well written. Mm -hmm. It was very interesting. They gave us a nice twist at the end with the, I don't just want to be a vampire because I'm a fanboy like everybody else here. I have a legitimate reason. Yeah. He has a brain tumor. Yeah, he has a brain tumor, and he's got six months. And it was really, really well done by him. The performance had nuance and depth, and I was impressed, which is more than I can usually say about the acting on this show. Mm-hmm. Especially, Well, not true. Everybody usually has a good moment here or there, and then Anthony Stewart head is Anthony Stewart head. Yep. But for someone to come in and have a great performance top to bottom that is well thought out and clear and concise and has the good beats and movements and it was just great it was really really good yeah and i really hope it holds up again whenever i watch this episode again yep did you have a side character you want to shout out you already talked about the blonde girl not really not really a no miss calendar is not a side character no but she shows up and she takes giles on a great date monster trucks yep didn't tell him where they were going. That happened. That was a good bit. Kind of wish we could have followed them on the date. Yeah. No, I agree. I love the Miss Calendar and Giles relationship a lot. Yeah, because they don't push it no. on screen at all. It's just there. Like, we accept that it's there and it shows up when it needs to show up. Yeah. And I love that Giles is the one that is very clearly, like, super Twitter-pated and... Like, can't. It's very well done. Yeah. Yeah, because she's super casual and cool about it, and he's like, oh my god, this girl likes me. <laughs> like, it's, I love it. also remember the very wonderful scene of jumpy willow jumpy willow <laughs> did you have coffee again that was, that was very that was well amazing. done it was very good 
That, to me, felt like a scene that they did one time, and she nailed it, and they were like, okay, we're done. Yeah, we're good. We don't have to do that again. And you know Allison Hannigan was like, oh, but I could do it better. Yeah. Can I have another try? And like, no, we got it. We're good. <laughs> we're really uncomfortable. We don't need to do it again. <laughs> See, and it started out, too, and I was like, what is she doing? Why does it look like she has to pee? And then it kept going. I'm like, oh, this is a whole bit. Oh, this is funny. Yeah. No, it's great. I love her. I remember Ford pretending to kill the vampire and then the vampire coming back to steal a book and Giles was real upset about it. I mean, it's his whole (laughs) thing. He's got nothing else. Yes. If he doesn't have his books, he's not a character on the show. But also, really, if he doesn't have his books, Buffy doesn't need him. Yeah. Yes. But it was... It's intrinsically tied to his value. Yeah. And he was like, she took my book. <laughs> and she took the old falling apart one, too. Yeah. Yeah, that was clearly one that Spike sent her for. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be the book that we see at the beginning of the Buffy montage thingy. Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. It did creak and crackle when it opened. Yes, so... which I 100% thought that the vampire was squealing, squealing like a dolphin. For a hot second. Oh, see, I was just very <laughs> impressed by the prop department. It took me a minute to realize it was the book. I She, like, turned, and I had my eye on her, and then you heard that, the cra- the creaking and cracking of it, and it kind of sounded like she was squeaking like a dolphin. And I was like, what is happening? Seems right. Seems about right. But that, it was the book. Um, I remember that Ford was sick. Like, I wrote down earlier, Ford is sick, question mark. And then... Yeah, Ford is sick. We we confirmed it. Um, I also remember Buffy leaving him to die with the vampires. Yeah. She killed him, essentially. But they're not going to bring that up and say that. No. I'm going to say it. She killed him. She made the choice. Yeah. Which is good. It's the first, like, choice she's had to make, apart from teen drama. It's the first, like, legitimate choice she's had to make. And I think that's part of the reason why I enjoy the episode, because it's the first time that I've looked at Buffy and gone, oh, I don't hate you. Mm -hmm. Look, you're making choices, you're dealing with hard stuff, and you're dealing with it, and it's good. But it does lead into my my, um, favorite line from this, and it might be my favorite line it might just be my favorite line. I don't know what's going to top it, but at the very, very end when they're at the graveyard and it's just Buffy and Giles and she asks him if life gets easier and he's, and, and then she tells him to lie to her mm-hmm. and he says, and it's, oh, and it's just, I was sad how they shot it. Cause I just wanted it to be Giles monologue and just let us watch Anthony Stewart had act the crap out of this because mm-hmm. he would have but he said yes it's terribly simple the good guys are always stalwart and true the bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats and uh, we always defeat them and save the day no one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after like that's it's so good and it feels like that's the line or that's the idea that Joss Whedon used to pitch Buffy as a show. Yeah. Initially, like, this thought. 
It seems, it's very deliberate. It's very deliberate, and it feels like a thesis statement for the show. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. On a side note. I remember. I remember my, my other favorite line uh, for something completely different. Uh, geez, doesn't she know any fat guys? <laughs> That's not even one of the lines that I wrote down. I'm surprised. It's so good. <laughs> Because that was also immediately followed by... That's what that song was about? <laughs> Thank you, uh, comedy duo Xander and Willow. <laughs> two different jokes for two different things. Tying up the scene, putting a nice little button on it, and then putting a button on the button. Yeah. The song in which she's referring to, that's what that song was about, is Touch Myself. <laughs> yes. Which I think is an 80s song. Yeah. Well, they dropped the band name. And I, I don't remember what it is. Well, hold on. It's important. I know this because of the music I've had to uh, edit. The band name is Divinals, where much of the music for the show comes from. Oh, gotcha. It's a lot of their music. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. So that's why they made it a point to drop their name in the show. Makes sense. I also wrote down... <laughs> The line, and I didn't write it down because it was my favorite. I wrote it down because I was confused. Okay. Is it the bit about um, when Angel Xander calls? calls <laughs> it's the bit where uh, Xander calls Angel yeah. bossy cow. <laughs> oh, that's not the one I thought you meant. <laughs> yes, Xander does call Angel a bossy cow, and it's very strange. And it's also in the underground club of wannabe vampires, yeah. like. No, he, yeah, he calls him Bossy the Cow. It's so <laughs> weird. No, I thought you were talking about the uh, many uh, uh, boner slash masturbation jokes we had in a, a tight two-minute period. <laughs> no. When uh, Xander claimed that Angel gave him a happy. <laughs> and I went, wait, what? That yeah. is not what he meant. No. But that's what he said. No, it was the Bossy the Cow line because I was real confused. <laughs> I don't understand. If you know what he meant by bossy the cow, please let us know because I have no idea. Also, the uh, sore thumbs bit. Yeah. Can you ever just look at a thumb and say, that thumb's sore? You have too many thoughts. You have too many thoughts. Something we can all relate to. talk about spike and drew for a second yes let's talk about spike and drew it's so good it's so good Mm -hmm. it's so good we saw spike lose his cool for a hot second and it got better man this is good yep continue no i was just i always forget and it's every time i watch it that i just always forget because of how i know spike is later but how infatuated and protective he is of Drusilla. Like, he's so infatuated with her mm-hmm. and so protective of her, and it's so human. Like, it's very strange. It's very good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really good. It's just really strange because they always talk about vampires being demons and, like, not having 
those kind of emotions and things like that, but he does. Mm-hmm. Which go, it goes into how he feels about people later and what he does and how his character progresses and all that stuff. It works really well. On top of that, I completely forgot that Angel is the reason that Drusilla is insane. It was a really good monologue. It was great backstory, and it was delivered really well mm-hmm. by David Boreanaz. But gosh, that's dark. Yep. Gosh, that's dark. He killed everyone she loved. He did everything humanly, vam- demotically possible to make her crazy. She joined a convent, and the day she was whatever. She took her vows. So, yeah, she was sworn in. She took her vows. He turned her into a vampire. Yeah, no wonder she's nuts. Yeah. No wonder. I completely forgot that that it's happened. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. But, but it's good. It's so good. It just takes me back to like the crazy whiplash that is the show, though. Of like, yeah. Three episodes. We had that Inca Girl episode. Yeah. Right? That was an episode that happened. That came out of the same writer's room. Yep. Like, within a month. Mm-hmm. And then we get something like this. Right? Or we get the Halloween episode. Or we get, you know, some of the other angel plot. It's crazy to me that this all comes out of the same writer's room. Yeah. Because some of it, it's just terrible. It's so bad. Some of it's just bad, like... Why did you write this? Why would you pick this? It just doesn't make sense, or it is incomplete, or it's just not your best work. And then some of it is, oh boy, you can't do that. Like, that sort of bad. <laughs> That's an idea that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened then. It can't happen now. It probably shouldn't have happened then. Yeah. But then they turn around and give us this episode. Yeah. No, like, that... What it... did we... Can we stop having filler episodes, yeah. please? It happens a lot. I mean, there's the whole shebang of when Joss Whedon was doing three shows at the same time. Of when he was doing Firefly, the final season of Buffy, and the fourth season of Angel. Things lack. It's not good. Um, and then you get season five of Angel where he got to fully invest Mm-hmm. Because it's the only thing, and probably not the only thing he was doing, but it was the sole TV show that he was doing and creating. And even that, like, you get the 100th episode of Angel, which is probably the best episode of Angel. You get the finale, which is amazing, and then they also do an episode about puppets. Well, he does love his puppets. We've already had them. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the first ten ideas for Buffy was puppets. Yeah. So. Right. I mean, also, there was the hyena possession episode. <laughs> that was also in the first ten ideas. Joss Whedon. Also, <laughs> I, Robot Eugene. That was top ten. Oh, my God. What's up with that? That episode. I hate that episode. That's probably my least favorite. Anyway. <laughs> Now for a semi-recurring segment, Buffy's casual and inconsistent strength. 
So if vampires can break that door down, why can't Buffy? She didn't even try. No. My guesstimation for why she wouldn't have even tried to break it down is because she knew that vampires were coming and she didn't think that she could. So she didn't even try. So she could reserve her strength, conserve her strength for when the vampires were there. Sure. The slightly less popular view, or I don't even know, is it sexist? I don't know. Uh, view is that uh, the boy told her she couldn't, so obviously she could not. I mean, that's possible, too. Yeah. But she could have. Like, she even knew after they got out, she's like, yeah, they're going to get out. We should go. We'll come back for the body. Yeah. Like, can you not open it then? It's also possible because there there were more vampires than there were her True. Like, there's True. only one of her trying to get out. True. Whereas there's a sea of vampires stuck in there. Yeah. Although one of them is Drusilla, who's just going to sit there and be crazy. Yeah. She reminds me of Ophelia. Yes. A lot. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. And not just because the actress's name is Juliet. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if Juliet Landau, is, Landau or whatever her name is has played Ophelia. I would be shocked if she hadn't. She has. Has she? Her name was Drusilla. Okay. (laughs) Um, One thing that I forgot that I did want to point out was that um, Buffy, I don't know if Angel said it, but Buffy says I love you. I don't think Angel did. Okay. I think just Buffy did. It's the first time that that's happened, and I didn't think that that happened until her birthday. Gotcha. Well, it's a kind of important moment. It was a big moment. Yeah. Well, her birthday is yeah. well because she did real say important. she did say I love you, but I don't trust you. Yes. Which was might be the most mature sentence Buffy Summers has ever uttered. Yeah. So, okay, on the topic of Buffy, maybe not being the smartest person. When you dust a vamp, yeah, you dust them. Correct. Meaning there's dust. Yes. Ford wasn't standing over a pile of dust. No, but he was coughing and pretending like there was dust everywhere. She didn't go any closer. Yeah, but there wasn't a pile of dust. No, you're you're correct. Okay, so Buffy's just maybe not... She was infatuated with the boy yeah, and the fact She's willfully that... ignorant correct. here, maybe. Um, I have two uh, more things. Uh, very, very tiny things, but they stuck out to me a little bit. Um, so apparently the bronze is a coffee shop now. Uh, yeah, apparently, it has always been half coffee shop, half bar. Yeah. I did not know this. I thought it was a bar. So I was very, very confused when they had the reverse shot of the pool game. And I was like, wait, why are they serving, like, croissants and scones? And it's bright. Yeah. And it's a coffee shop. I mean, every time they talk about how they're going to get a drink or going to get something, they're going to the coffee shop part. Yeah. And Buffy and Angel had yeah. a date there, and it was the it was, coffee shop part. It wasn't part. the coffee shop part. It was so just too dark for the coffee shop because part. Because it's Angel. It can't be light. Yeah, he'll <laughs> burst into flames. So that's a thing. Um, also, one of the very first lines of the show is delivered by that small child. Uh, Drusilla asks him if she can walk him home or something like that. And he says... I'm not supposed to talk to people. 
She's not a people. No, that's not my uh, problem with this line. My problem with this line is I'm not supposed to talk to people. Not, I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. Or, I'm not supposed to talk to people I don't know. Just, I'm not supposed to talk to people. End thought. (laughs) Full stop. No communication with anyone. I'm a nine-year-old boy. I hate everything. I think it was just their nine. Your parents tell you don't talk to strangers. In your head, that translates to don't talk to people. Yeah, but this was a written line. This line was written this way. Maybe he read it (laughs) and said it wrong. The small child screwed this line up, and I'm calling him on it 23 years later. All right. I'm good with that, too. I'm good with that interpretation. So that brings us to our final segment of this episode. Ryan predicts poorly, um, and I have uh, two predictions for next episode, but only because I think... What? I said dream big. (laughs) I have two for next episode, but only because um, I think I might have done both of these already. So I'm t- so it's like two half predictions because maybe I've already tried these. I don't know. There's a lot of episodes. I'm gonna repeat. It's oh, gonna I'm happen. Sure. Um, so two predictions. Uh, we are gonna get more Giles plot next episode. Dear God, please more Giles plot. Yeah. The foreshadowing at the end of this episode was really nice. Um, and my second prediction: no one dies next episode. I don't think you've predicted that before. No. Mm-mm. Okay. No one dies next episode. I think you said Buffy is going to kill two vampires or she's going to kill no vampires, but not no one dies. Does that include vampires? Or just people? I don't know. No people will die. No people will die. No demons will die. I think no one dies. No one at all. No No demons, no no vampires, no peoples. Well, demons are already dead, aren't they? Vampires are already dead. Vampires are already dead, but vampires are demons. This is very confusing lore. Demons aren't necessarily people, though, so they're not dead. This is very confusing lore. Vampires are ex-people. Yes, but they're now demons. Who are dead. But they might not be. But they're dead people who are now demons. Demons Anyway, that's it for episode 7 of season 2 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You can follow us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod uh, and uh, go check out our media network, ghostlightmedia.net, and you can see all the other great podcasts over there. We will be back in one week with season two, episode eight of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Until then, I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that the bad guys are easily distinguishable by their pointy horns and black hats. But not at the same time. Can't be both. They can't have black hats on their pointy horns. Or what about a black hat with horns on the hat? I think that there is a demon that has a black hat and horns in this season. It's just a
This has been a Ghostlight Media production.